You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, what's going on, everybody? This is the last ranking show, Zach. The last man. one, man. Championship week. Let's get it. I'm pumped. I'm excited, as you guys should be as well. Um, this is a, a, a huge week for everybody. Um, there's so much news to go over, dude. Yeah. That's like, 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 this is like not the ideal <laughs> championship week. Yeah. Uh, with all the stuff that's going on <clears throat> with the Titans and a few other, the Raiders, like, we gotta we gotta get into it, but you know if you have Raiders, if you have Derrick Henry, you're not really feeling so great right now. No, not at all. Definitely. I mean, yesterday there was just so much news. Like usually, I know there's usually like as soon as we get off the show, or when we would do the shows at noon, we would get off the show, and you know all the news would come in, and then you'd have to address it on your story or something like that. But um, there was just like news piece after news piece after news piece coming through on sleeper rumors that kind of stuff i saw rumors about terrell owens going to the cowboys <laughs> there was just so much going on i couldn't believe it so yeah there's a lot to unpack definitely um you know just fluctuating all over the place um player stocks values all kind all that kind of stuff not an ideal time like you said um it looks like this is going to be one of the championship weeks to remember and maybe not for good reason I try to pick up T.O., uh, but he's not available. On he's not sleeper. even on sleeper. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate. As soon Could as you imagine, added, though, I'm adding him. Could you imagine if that him. happens? <laughs> like, that would be I so wouldn't, cool, dude. I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones, but, you know, That'd we so just cool. signed our old receiver in T.Y. Hilton. I don't know yeah. if you need to go sign another one, double dip. A really old, a really old one. <laughs> I mean, he was playing in that, what, the fan-controlled football league? And yeah, I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't get a look to see how he – you know, actually looks, but he's always said that he's staying in shape, you know, um, we'll, we'll have case. to see how it goes. <laughs> start him, start him week 17 championship week. Yeah. Desperate um, start. Right. Desperate start. <laughs> desperate start. Desperate start. What's up everybody. Thanks for joining. Let's get into it, man. Uh, Derek Henry, let's talk about him real quick. He is doubtful to play tonight. So he's not going to be able to help you bring in championships. That means he won't play. He's doubtful. Yeah. He won't play. Don't have any hope. If you really need a running back and you have no better options like a Tyler Algier or a Chuba Harvard or even Zach Moss, to be honest with you, you know, pick up Hassan Haskins and play him tonight. Yeah. The floor is low, but he'll likely get the work. If you do end up playing him, don't put him in your flex, put him in your running back spot, and then mm. move whatever running back you had in your running back spot to your flex. Because if the running back that you had in your running back spot ends up getting hurt on Thursday or Friday, then you're screwed and you're pigeonholed into playing another running back. And where are you going to get that running back from? Right. It's much easier to, you know, have to replace that running back on Saturday with a wide receiver off the way for wire. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the floor is going to be super low for, yep. uh, for Hassan Haskins. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, about Derek Henry, yeah. He's likely going to get the work. You know, my only concern about it is that this offense won't move much against the Cowboys with Malik Willis leading the way. So just pick him up if you don't want to start him, you know, especially if you, you know, even if you don't want to start him, I'll pick him up. So, you, you know, especially if you, if you think that he could potentially help your opponent fill a spot in their starting lineup, like in their flex or something like that, maybe they don't have a strong flex. Just right. don't give them options. Just take, t- take him, pick him up. Cause you never know, you know, Haskins, I wasn't the, the biggest fan of Haskins coming out, but he is somebody who has received 
uh, a ton of work and he's capable of handling a big workload. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So, and he's been yeah. the guy. Like, no other running back is notable on the Titans. It's not like they're going to give it to some random guy. Unless Julius Chestnut. It might be a Julius Chestnut night. Who knows? You never know. Um, no, you never nobody's know. Nobody's ever heard of him. But I think – I wouldn't be surprised if they went and tried to, like, platoon the running backs at this point, you know, just yeah. to see what they have. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because Hassan Haskins, yes, he's a rookie. We haven't seen a whole lot of him. But they also have Julius Chestnut. I think they could easily go that way. Um, the volume isn't locked in, but he's still a volume play because somebody has to take the carries. And you have to imagine with Malik Willis, a quarterback, the passing game probably isn't going to be working. If they had a capable quarterback of leading an offense, I would want to play Haskins. Yeah. Right. Because this is a great opportunity. Um, but, you know, if like a Gardner Minshew was leading this team or, uh, you know, whoever, like I would be fine. Jared starting Stidham, him. maybe. A Jared Stidham, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, sure. You yeah. Because I'm. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about the Raiders, man. Yeah. Derek Carr has been benched by the Raiders. Jared Stidham is going to take over, which kind of sucks. You know, this isn't really the game to like figure out what you have in Stidham because he's going up against the 49ers. Yeah. And honestly, like they know what they have in Stidham. Like the NFL kind of knows what, who Stidham is, right? Like, yep. uh, I don't know. But Devontae Adams, you know, hasn't been getting it done lately. So, you know, hopefully Stidham just locks onto Adams and just hyper targets him, maybe gives him some better, you know, passes uh, higher yeah better passes higher quality adams. yeah higher quality yeah um but i did move adams down to like a borderline wide receiver one um you know this could turn out okay and better than it's been over the last three weeks my only concern was ian rapaport tweeting that they'll be looking at youth at quarterback and other positions and some vets will take a step back assuming yeah. in terms of snaps and playing time so that is my real concern here because you can't score fantasy points if you're not on the field. And in most situations, you know, I'd be playing Devonta Adams no matter what. And right. I'll, I'll be living with it, you know. And I think that's what I'm, I'm going to be doing this week, you know, unless I have some really, really good alternatives. Yeah. I, I think that Devonta Adams is definitely in consideration for a bust. Obviously, he's been, you know, shit in the bed the past couple of weeks. And, and I'm surprised by that even. You know, he's been getting the targets. He just hasn't been getting the quality targets like we just said with Derek Carr. I think this is a big mistake. You're just going to piss off Devontae Adams because, like you said, this is why Derek Carr is the reason he went to Las Vegas. I don't know what the prospect is for him long term. Do you think if like Derek Carr leaves this offseason, which it seems like that's going to happen, like you think Devontae Adams can be happy to stick around and no. try to deal with bridge quarterbacks? That's not what he's going to want. And at this point, like in this season, I think it's definitely possible that he doesn't. You know, obviously this next this week, this championship week, this would be like an all time bad beat as far as having a player on your team carry you so hard into the playoffs and then just completely fall off. I mean, for the past three weeks, which have been playoffs, right? He's just been shit in bed. He hasn't had over double digit points. I don't think in the past couple of weeks, it's just been horrific. And then for this, it's just like issue on top of issue. I think Jared Stidham could lock on, but like you said, if the guys step back, Devonte Adams, obviously he's upset. If Derek Carr isn't going to be playing, there might be a chance. He just kind of, you know, gives up on this season and just move, moves forward. And leaves this one kind of in the rear view. Yeah. You know, the the reason why they benched Derek Carr is because if Derek Carr got hurt in the last two games, then the Raiders won't have a chance to move him. And yep. a lot of that money would be guaranteed. So that's that's kind of the reason why they kind of they're kind of just putting him on ice so that he doesn't get hurt and then they're not locked into him next season. Um, yeah. so it looks like they are gonna be moving on from Derek Carr. You know, I was never the a big the biggest Derek Carr fan. 
Um, some delusional uh, Raiders fans are probably like, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. He's top 10 quarterback. No, he's not. He's no. not. Okay. Now, with Josh Jacobs, like, you know, the playing time thing is also a concern with him, right? And and on top of that, it's a really tough matchup. So, yeah. you know, this makes me super leery of starting him. You know, I'm probably, like, depending on my options, I'm probably starting him, like, when it's all said yeah. and done. Like, maybe we'll get more clarity on this before the game from Jay Glazer or someone to say, like, okay, like, what is the expectation in terms of snaps for these guys? Like, are they going to be limited? Are they going to be coming out after the first half? Like, what's going to happen? I'm hoping for some clarity there because otherwise this is a, a really bad situation if you have yeah. either. I, I don't have a ton of either guys like on my teams. Like I have two teams uh, in the championship game. Uh, yeah. So like I don't have to worry about it. Luckily, or Derrick Henry, I've been avoiding him too, which is which was probably a mistake. But yeah, yeah uh, this is not a good situation. I think Josh Jacobs, I'll probably, you know, we did the ranking show yesterday. I haven't mm-hmm. got a chance to move him yet. Uh, but I'm probably going to end up when, when my rankings come out, full rankings come out later, by the way, on patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy flex rankings included. Um, Josh Jacobs will probably be, you know, somewhere in, a, in the RB2 range. Yeah. I mean, I think Josh Jacobs is in a better situation than Devontae Adams. You know, once the dust settles from this move, obviously Jared Siddham starting isn't really a good thing, but maybe he checks it down. Maybe Josh Jacobs, they look at his contract. They're like, well, we didn't pick up his fifth year option. He might leave in the offseason let's just get as much use out of him as we can they might just give him a full complement of snaps we'll see that might be all that's working for them on offense especially if Jared Siddham doesn't play very well um it's a tough matchup anyway we figured he'd be ranked a little bit lower than we've had him in the past couple of weeks but um yeah just, just the way the situation has fallen around him it's going to cause him to drop a little bit further I think that having him as a high-end RB2 wouldn't be a mistake I think that upside might kind of be gone um if Jared Siddham starts and I'm not sure how this offense is going to look with him but we know it's not going to be like anything fantastic the touchdown upside may might be limited um they yeah, do have I'm, I'm less concerned still. i'm less yeah. concerned about jarrah stidham uh when it comes to josh jacobs it's more about it are they going to limit his snaps that's yeah that's yeah gonna, obviously are, are they going to limit his snaps number one and then number two the tough matchup like those are the two things that are kind of glaring for me not necessarily because like at the end of the day i mean i don't know how much of a huge drop off this is from Derek yeah. Carr to Jared Stidham. You know what I mean? Like, I hear you. it's not like Derek Carr is like this amazing quarterback. Like, it's not like you were going from Kyler Murray, you know, to Colt McCoy, right? This yeah. is not that. Um, you're going from a mid level quarterback to another, to a low end quarterback. You know, I, so, yeah, I think the only reason you could say Derek Carr maybe was mid level and it's not that much of a drop is because he was so inconsistent. There'd be games yeah. where he looked fantastic and then there are games where he just looked really bad. And he's had a couple right. of those the past few weeks. So I think that kind of comes, that does, you know, boil it down. I think if you want to look at it, as optimistically as you can this week, like I said, you just hope that, you know, they make the most of what they have left of Josh Jacobs. They just give him the ball a bunch of times because they obviously don't have him signed next season. He could leave in free agency. Um, we'll see how that's going to go. They declined his fifth-year option. Um, there's not a whole lot to be optimistic about with Raiders players right now, but um, I think that you could, in a pinch, get these guys, start them, and they might be able to contribute. But their ceilings, do you think they're pretty much gone? Do you think that RB1, yeah. wide receiver one ceiling for both of these guys yeah. is pretty much out the window for the fantasy championship? I think so. I think so. Right. Unfortunately, uh, unless Josh Jacobs gets a full complement of snaps, that's yeah. the only way. Like if Jake just says that he'll play at like full or something, then I'll play him as like a low end RB one right. this week. All right, let's move on. Tony Pollard didn't practice all week. He's questionable for tonight. It's very possible. He does not play. Uh, if he's active, are you trusting him? 
I don't really want to trust him. I could totally see this being, you know, Zeke's game. And we know how much the Cowboys and Jerry Jones especially wants to get Zeke on the field. Um, he's been doing his thing. It's not like Zeke has been bad. But it'll be interesting to see how he performs without Tony Pollard and the offense overall. Because Tony Pollard, he's a big chain mover for this offense. Um, I don't think I would trust Tony Pollard tonight, even if he starts. I think Zeke's going to be in line to get the touches. He, we know we, he can handle it. He might not be super efficient like Tony Pollard, but they're not going to hesitate to give Zeke 20 carries if that's what it comes down to. And that could definitely be possible tonight. So I would say don't trust Tony Pollard. Zeke, I don't want to bump him up, but I think he has just a better chance of scoring a touchdown tonight. Um, he has He's at like 800-some yards. Uh, Tony Pollard's at 988. I think both of these guys could get to 1,000 yards by the end of the season. This would be like the Zeke game to put up 80 yards and a touchdown. I think he's pretty much a lock for that kind of production. And then maybe, I mean, I mean Malik Davis has been around. He's not going to be getting like any massive target share out of the backfield. Zeke could get a couple more passes going his way too, which could definitely buoy his production. I wouldn't be surprised if he hits 20 uh, fantasy points PPR tonight against the Titans. I would be surprised if Zeke hits 60 yards rushing tonight. You and think that's, so? assuming, that's assuming the Titans are playing all the defensive starters. Um, so They're the, missing. They're, I think, wasn't Jeffrey Simmons ruled out? Like, there were a couple guys that they definitely ruled out. Jeffrey Simmons has been banged up for a little while now. Um, right. And a few of these other guys as well, but they've still been super stout against the run. And on top of that, Zeke hasn't really been efficient. I'm really just banking on a touchdown for Zeke. Like I think 60 yards and a touchdown would be solid. I'll be happy with that. You know, if if he ends up doing that. Um, But yeah, I agree. I don't want to bump him up too much. uh, If Pollard is out, I I could see them, you know, uh, you know, kind of leaving Zeke, you know, in a similar role that they already had and and maybe bringing Malik Davis, you know, kind of playing that, that, that compliment role to Zeke. Um, I can see them doing a little bit of that. Are you trusting uh, Pollard if he starts? I mean, I, I think that's pretty yeah. Much, no. You know, I, I'd have to move him down to an RB two. You mm-hmm. know, um, we had him, you know, in our top ten going into the week, assuming that he would have practiced on Wednesday. Uh, if he's active, I'm most likely going to play him. Um, he has too much juice for me not to play him, right? If he's yeah. active, you know, and if he's active, he'll be active for a reason, you know, it, it, and it's probably because he's okay. It's not like he left the game last week, right? right. He, he didn't. He didn't leave the game, so maybe they're just trying to rest him up on a short week. If he's active, he is traveling with the team, right? Mm-hmm. So he is going to Tennessee. He'll be in Nashville. If he's active, I'm most likely going to play him. But I, I am yeah. bumping him down a little bit. The thing that makes this complicated, too, if this game were on Sunday, I feel like both running backs would play, Derek Henry yeah. and Tony Pollard. It's just, of course, it happens to be Thursday that these two huge fantasy contributors in championship week, you know, they're probably – Derek Henry's probably not going to play. And Tony Pollard's obviously in danger of missing time. Um, So yeah. – if it were just if it were a Sunday game, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. But that's not the reality of the situation. I, I just think that's interesting. It's like, of course, you know, right. championship <laughs> week, just to complicate it even further with all this news that came out. Carson Wentz is starting for the Commanders this week. Going to have to bump Terry McLaurin down. He's gotten yeah. only fifteen point seven percent of Wentz's targets compared to twenty nine percent from Taylor Heineke. McLaurin was the wide receiver thirty one through the five weeks. Wentz started, and since then, with Heineke, he's been the wide receiver 11. So I want to bump up Curtis Samuel because he's been he's been Wentz's favorite target when he was starting, but Cleveland has been one of the best teams defending slot wide receivers, so I don't want to trust him this week. Uh, Jahan Dotson, you know, got it done with both quarterbacks, so I'm good with him. Yeah. But I'm just a little worried about McLaurin this week. Like I'm still starting him as like a low-end borderline wide receiver too, but I am definitely lowering expectations. Yeah, I think that's the takeaway you have to have. Jahan Dotson, I don't think you have anything to worry about him. 
with him because um he was getting it done with Taylor Heineke when he was fully healthy. We saw that. It's just going to be more of the same. Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz, when you look at their stats, are pretty much exactly the same quarterback. It's just the target distribution changes. With Taylor Heineke, it's Terry McLaurin most of the time. And with Carson Wentz, it's Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel most of the time. So it's funny that it works that way, but I see more of that happening this week. Um, I think Carson Wentz is just fine. He'll be able to support two fantasy wide receivers. It's just been his pick and choose thing, you know, where Terry McLaurin just gets left out. I would be surprised if Terry McLaurin has a good week this week. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Doug Peterson, he said the Jaguars won't be resting their starters this week, so that's good news. Uh, Hopefully he's telling the truth. (laughs) So go ahead and start Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk. You know, I don't love Kirk's matchup this week, but still very startable, obviously. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he's getting the start this week with Tua out. He does, in fact, have a concussion. So his future, you know, just in the NFL in general is unknown at this point. Uh, but we need to lower expectations for the Dolphins offense against the Patriots. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, you know, they had one good game, you know, in that Bridgewater start, but yeah. that was against the Vikings. So take it with a grain of salt. Um, the Patriots aren't amazing either. So, you know, I'm still starting both guys, but I did move both down a little bit. I have a hill at five, which is me moving hill down. And yeah. then I got Waddle at 14 this week, which is kind of where he's been uh, lately. So, Waddle's one of those guys, like, obviously, as we saw last week, you know, he doesn't get a lot of targets, but, you know, when he gets the targets, he makes the most out of them, right? So, yeah, uh, I'm still starting both guys pretty easily, even with Teddy Bridgewater in. Jalen Waddle doesn't need that many targets to do what he needs to do. That's just the bottom line. You know, he's he's a big play threat. That's what it comes down to with him. But um, with Tua, man, I don't know what to expect. Like, you say his future in the NFL is uncertain. Like, it's just interesting the way they've handled his injuries. You know, obviously – you can clown on the medical staff as much as you want. But at the same time, like Tua, you figure he has to know when he's not feeling right. Um, in the second half of that game, he threw three picks. He didn't look right. Um, just something commentary that I'm seeing. I'm not sure how he's going to come back. I mean, he should come back. Like people can get cussed, concussed and be just fine. But he, what has he had now? Three concussions this season? Yeah. Like two official and then three unofficial. Like that's bad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's that's really, really bad. bad overall. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see um, where he goes after the season and what happens. But um, yeah, just as far as this week, I'm not moving him down too much. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Wall, just because we know the type of playmakers they are. That's the bottom line. Exactly. Yeah. Christian Watson didn't practice on Wednesday. Monitor his status through the week. Still has two more days to get a limited in so he can play uh, if that's the case. Uh, but we talked about that situation at length yesterday. Obviously, Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazar would get a bump, but all of them are in play regardless. Yep. Um, Lamar Jackson still isn't practicing. You know, not good for him in terms of like whether he'll be playing this week. I, I, it doesn't look like he's going to play. If he's not practicing on Wednesday after missing that much time, he might not play. And he, he might be protecting his status, you know, as a potential free agent. I would assume that, you know, he's going to get tagged Mm -hmm. by Baltimore after this year because, like, you know, at the end of the day, the teams hold, you know, they hold all the cards when it comes to free agency, which I'm not a big fan of. But at the end of the day, they can easily tag him for one more year. Yeah, that would be fine. The thing is, I don't think there's a reason for Lamar Jackson to, you know, rush back, even if it's, you know, like saving himself for free agency, that kind of thing. Um, They do have a playoff game that they're going to be guaranteed, you know, at the yeah. end, at the, after the season. So he's probably going to try and stay healthy for that. Like, there's no reason to rush him back. You have your playoff spot locked up. I don't think the seeding is going to change a whole lot. You have to catch up to the Bengals, which isn't going to happen. I, I think that he's he's a candidate to just sit the rest of the way. And obviously, this is yeah. the last uh, relevant fantasy matchup this week. But I, I think 
you should go into this week just assuming that he's not going to play. Um, even if he gets limited, I don't think they're going to rush him back. It's just a fact of the matter. You know, he doesn't have to play. There's no reason to risk him re-injuring that before they get to the playoffs. Because you don't want to go to the playoffs with Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown if something happens to Tyler Huntley. We've seen Huntley go down this season, too. Colt McCoy, he's, he has cleared the concussion protocol, so he's going to be starting for the Cardinals this week. So upgrade uh, an already downgraded DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown from yeah. last week You know, with Trace McSorley. That was terrible. It's going to get better this week. <laughs> A yeah. little bit better. We hope. <laughs> I, I don't Austin, think Greg Dorch is going to be leading the team in targets if Colt McCoy is playing. Colt McCoy at least uses the weapons that he's been given. You never know because Greg Dorch wasn't even on the field in the two games with Colt McCoy. So, so right. we'll see. You never know, man. Like whoever's been the slot receiver has been getting targets. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Austin Eckler was limited in practice because of a knee injury. Uh, the Chargers have clinched a playoff spot. So I would throw Josh Kelly on the back of my bench right now. Just in case. Yeah. Just so in you, case. If, you dri- if you're driving, pull over. Don't pull out your phone right now while you're driving. Pull over. Throw Josh Kelly in your bench. Okay. <laughs> Just do it. Tyler Lockett hasn't practiced yet to start out the week. So monitor that through the rest of the week just in case. If he does play, uh, I would play him as a, a high end wide receiver too. Regardless yeah, I, of the matchup. I think that actually might help the offense overall. And I think I've talked about this Definitely. a couple times this week. You know, Tyler Lockett plays. I think they'll have that quarterback friendly receiver and I'll help the overall offense stay on the field. We saw they had trouble doing that last week. And that was a big reason why they had such a quiet, fancy day. There were no touchdowns to go around. So if Tyler Lockett's on the field, I think you can maybe give DK Metcalf a bump in terms of his security. Maybe not his ceiling, but obviously the floor goes up, I think. And then guys like Noah Fant, you can move him up too, just to spread the defense out. Having Tyler Lockett back would be huge. Otherwise, I think DK Metcalf is a fine start. He's just not as good, I think, as he would be if Tyler Lockett was on the field. I'd also upgrade Gary Wilson if Tyler Lockett plays uh, because there would be more uh, chances for the other side of the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, points to chase. More competitive games, you want that for your wide receivers. Yep. Um, Chris Olave did return to practice on Wednesday in a limited fashion. Not sure if he's playing. Uh, I don't love him this week anyway against the Eagles perimeter defense. Right. Um, but just monitor that in case he's your only option. Miles Sanders didn't practice on Wednesday because of a knee injury. I'd also pick up Boston Scott just in case because I think Boston Scott's going to take over that Miles Sanders role. This is a good offense. Boston Scott would be, I think, a, a low-end RB2 play if Miles Sanders misses this week. So just keep that in mind, you know, there hasn't been much reported on Sanders' injury, but he did not practice on Wednesday. So something to keep in mind, pick up Boston Scott just like you would, you know, just to block everybody, yep. block your opponent, but also in case you need a flex play this week. Yeah, anytime that kind of thing happens, a player misses, just go pick up their handcuff. You know, it's pretty simple rule of fantasy football. If you have the space, just go get them. Um, I'm not... Especially this week because yeah, you know, it's championship week. So you not only do you want to block, you know, there's only one other opponent if you're in the championship, right? So like... Yep. You, you know this and also it's like you're not saving you're not stashing any guys on your bench right so it's like yep. pick up the guys that matter for this week yeah there's no long-term stashing it's like if a guy's injured, just get rid of him it's very just matter of fact at this point just go get who you need and that kind of thing i completely agree jerry judy left the field with a trainer in practice yesterday so that's something to monitor uh his ankle injury has been bothering him a little bit he was officially listed as limited but this would mean more if he's kept out of practice today so just yeah. monitor that um by the way jerry judy is a perimeter wide receiver now 
He's not playing out of the slot anymore, even with Cortland Sutton in. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Uh, Aaron Jones did get a limited practice in on Wednesday, which is a good sign that he'll play this week. So I'd expect more touches this week than, than last week. He only he had less than 10 touches last week. So that that's really sucked and probably yep. not throughout the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but if you did, if you didn't, and you're, you're still thinking of starting him this week. I think if you can get a full week of practice, practice in, even if it's limited the entire week, I'm still starting him as like a high-end running back too. This week. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, you know, you talk about maybe he knocked you out of the fantasy playoffs. It was funny because last week it seemed like everybody that was supposed to do well didn't. Like there were no studs that really went off. You know what I mean? Like it was just a quiet week overall. But, yeah, Aaron Jones, I think if he starts, you know, you have to start him. If he's playing, there's no reason to like worry about him. Obviously, he had his touches capped last week. But you can't really go in reverse in terms of healing unless, you know, you suffer a setback during the week. He's going to get healthier and he'll be just fine, I think. A.J. Dillon hasn't been super efficient, so I'm not worried about them leaning on him too much. Um, they'll get Aaron Jones back, and they'll use him like he's supposed to be used. All right, let's get into the rankings. Uh, so Justin Jefferson at one against Green Bay. Amon Ra, St. Brown against Chicago. Uh, oh, I have. Oh, I, I moved Tyreek down. So like after the news, we actually moved Tyreek down uh, to number five. So I actually have St. Brown at number two now. Um, the last time he went up against Chicago, he went 10 for 119, and he mm. can do it again. And maybe with a score this time. So I do like him over a lot of these other guys because a lot of these other guys have a little bit tougher matchups. So I like Amon Ross St. Brown um, as the primary receiver there. I have Stefan Diggs at three. Uh, I'm hoping he can bounce back this week in what should be a shootout between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Jamar yeah. Chase in that same game at four. You know, he might be shadowed by Tredavious White, uh, but it doesn't look like White is 100% just yet. Um, and then Tyreek Hill moved him down to five uh, with the news of Teddy Bridgewater starting. Um, but they, like I said, only down to five. Yeah. Nothing, I, nothing too drastic there. You can't just say Tyreek Hill, oh, if he, Teddy Bridgewater is a serviceable starting quarterback. So it's not like you can push him all the way down. It's one thing if he goes, like you said, to um, a guy like Jared Stidham. Uh, that's one thing. But he's getting Teddy Bridgewater, who started multiple seasons in the league. He's going to be just fine. We saw him do it, obviously, against Minnesota. It's an all, it's an all right matchup against New England. I don't have any worries about Tyreek Hill. It's just, you know, the security might not be there where it was before Tua at quarterback. But definitely um, this top five. I'm not worried about Tredavious White at all for Jamar Chase. I like Jamar Chase this week in a high-scoring game against the Bills. And Stefan Diggs, the same thing. I think it's funny that the Bears and the Lions have a higher over-under. Obviously, their defense haven't been as good. But um, I think this is definitely shootout territory for the Bengals and the Bills. We had the quarterbacks for this matchup ranked one and two this week. So if they're doing well, you know, you got to imagine Stefan Diggs and Jamar Chase are doing their things as well. I would hope so. Yeah. Because for Stefan Diggs, that hasn't been the case. Josh Allen's been balling and Diggs hasn't. Yeah. Right. So well, that, they got to get back to him at some point. I hope so. I hope this is the game that they do it. Um, but yeah, about Jamar Chase, you know, the Patriots have been super leaky to wide receivers this year, especially lately. Uh, over the last four weeks, they're giving up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers, the six most receiving yards. And they've given up seven receiving touchdowns to wide receivers over the last four games. So I'm looking for Jamar Chase to do his thing in this game. Absolutely. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb at six against Tennessee uh, in, a, in a great matchup. You know, if mm -hmm. they can't run the ball, you know, no, no team has been able to run the ball against Tennessee for the most part. So I think CeeDee Lamb, you know, in a good matchup can, can do his thing. Um, Keenan Allen, you know, he's been getting it done, man. Like he's at seven this week. Christian Watson. I have him at eight. The matchup yeah. is so good. Okay, so if he plays, you cannot leave him out of your lineup, like right. straight up. Like you cannot. Okay, 
Uh, I have DK Metcalf at eight in case Tyler Lockett can't can't go. It's a really tough matchup. Um, you know, if Lockett doesn't go, like he'll probably get a, a very sizable target share in this one yeah. either way. Um, you know, I might move him below AJ Brown and Garrett Wilson. You know, maybe even below T Higgins if Lockett does play. So that will kind of bring that bring DK Metcalf back to where he's been ranked. Him right. and Tyler Lockett, you know, in that or in that high end wide receiver two area. Yeah, if if Lockett plays, yeah, you can just slot him right in next to DK Metcalf like we've been doing. Like if he could say DK Metcalf goes to twelve, would Lockett be like yeah. 113? I feel like you <laughs> have much, to, pretty right? Much. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. I, I think what I would do is this: I have AJ Brown at nine. Um, I do have Garrett Wilson, uh, and then I would have Garrett Wilson at ten, and then I'll probably have DK and then Lockett right after. So that. still both Four. pretty much borderline wide receiver ones. Yeah, pretty much. I might even put, you know, just because I like the matchup for the Bengals wide receivers so much, I might put T. Higgins above both those guys this week. Just right. because it's a tough matchup against the Jets. Yeah. With um, Christian Watson, you just have to hope that he plays. Obviously, he's at eight. I'm just going to go yeah. back on that one. If he plays, like, I think he could finish even in the top five. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But um, we just have to hope that he plays. Keenan Allen's like the surest thing in fantasy football right now um, as far as receivers go because he's just going to get those targets. And C.D. Lamb, like you said, love his matchup. I love what I think the game script is going to be. If they go up, I, I think CeeDee Lamb is going to be a big reason why they're going up. I think he can have a strong game, even if he does just play um, the majority of his time in the first half. I think they can get it done for you this week. So I, I have no hesitations and reservations about CeeDee Lamb or Dak Prescott or really the Cowboys offense in general this week. I think they can score points, get off the field, and that's just going to be that. So A.J. Brown, um, he, he's down here. like He's been a little higher lately. Um, but I don't think he has the same ceiling. You know, with Gardner Minshew starting, right? Uh, because this is a tough matchup for quarterbacks and wide receivers. So New Orleans has given up the fourth least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, and the second least over the last eight. And they've been stout, and they've been without Marshawn Lattimore in this entire time. I'm still firing him up, obviously, because we know what his upside is, like regardless. Yeah. Uh, but I am moving him down because I do like the upside and the floors of all of the guys that I'm ranking above him right now. Yeah, I, th- I think that's totally fair. It's, it's not anything against A.J. Brown. It's just the way, obviously, like you said about the quarterback. Um, Gardner Minshew also targeted Devontae Smith a lot. Devontae Smith had a good game. Obviously, he was dealing with A.J. Brown was Trayvon Diggs in coverage, who had a pretty rough game, but um, he was able to capitalize A.J. Brown just fine. He didn't have a humongous game, but Devontae Smith was really just picking on the Cowboys' back-end starters. But I think that both of them are going to be reliable this week. I like A.J. Brown, even though it is a tough matchup, like you said. Um, against New Orleans. So we'll see how it goes. I think having him here makes sense, but he could definitely just kind of finish up in the top five if, you know, things go correctly for them. Um, I'm not sure how they, if, if the offense looks like it did last week against the Cowboys, like this week against the Saints, I think AJ Brown could definitely finish as top five. I have Garrett Wilson at 11. Uh, his history with Mike White, you know, well documented. He's the clear alpha there. Uh, he yep. should get his targets despite the tough matchup against Seattle. In weeks 12 to 14 with Mike White starting, Garrett Wilson was the wide receiver four overall. And this is basically a playoff game for the Jets. Yep. So, you know, the Jets are going to do what they need to do uh, to get Garrett Wilson the ball. Preciser has this game. Uh, this Preciser has this game total at 49 this week. So relatively high scoring game. And you have to start Garrett Wilson this week. Yeah. With Garrett Wilson, you have pretty much the good versus the good. You know, Mike White and Garrett Wilson have been a very good duo in terms of fantasy points scored, you know, when they do play together and Mike White's healthy. But also, it's a tough matchup, like you said, against Seattle. They're allowing the the third least fantasy points season long and uh, the second least in the last four weeks. They've just been playing very well in Seattle's secondary. So I think that 
Something's got to give. I think Garrett Wilson can do it. We know Mike White. Uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. We had Mike White ranked as nine. I think we believe in him. I know you believe in him. I believe in him. I think that this could definitely be a good game for Garrett Wilson, despite a bad matchup and a shootout potentially too. We'll see how it goes. Uh, T. Higgins got it done last week with Jamar Chase on the field. That was good to see. And now he gets another good matchup against New England. So I'm, I'm, I, I upgraded T. Higgins a little bit. I brought Devonta Adams down to 13. We talked about him at the top of the show. Uh, but I want to know what you think about him being at 13. Is this appropriate? For you, like I know that you know, obviously on this graphic we have Jalen Waddle at thirteen. I moved him right above him. But are you, would you rather start guys like Jalen Waddle, Chris Chris Godwin, Devontae Smith over Devontae Adams this week? Um, I, I think I would with Jalen Waddle. Outside of that, I'm not sure. Chris Godwin, the Buccaneers' offense we know isn't doing a whole lot of scoring. Devontae Smith, you know, he had a good week last week, but AJ Brown's liable to get those 10, 12 targets anytime. Um, and we don't know exactly. We have a small sample size with this offense under Gardner Minshew. So I, I think and, that Jaylen- and Devontae Smith had a really, really good matchup last week. So it yeah. made sense why he was the guy to get it done last right. week. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see things just kind of relocate, you know, targets to AJ Brown again this week. Um, like I said, it's a small sample size with Gardner Minshew. So I think, yes, Jalen Waddle, I'd start over Devontae Adams. But outside of that, I think the other guys just don't have the upside. I think if Devontae Adams is hyper targeted, and gets enough snaps, you know, where he's not being like just held back. I think he can be, uh, he can have a, a strong week, you know, 20 plus fantasy points. But that's if everything goes exactly correctly. But I'm willing to take that chance, then roll the dice with a guy that might not get that type of target share. Um, we'll see how Jared Stidham, you know, dials in to Devonta Adams, whether he does or not. I'm going to agree with you there. I'm going to move Jalen Waddle above Devonta Adams. So Devonta Adams down to 14 this week. Um, right. So we have Chris Gowan. Uh, after him uh, against Carolina at 15, Devontae Smith uh, at 16, again, in a tough matchup, you know, along with A.J. Brown. Uh, then I have DeAndre Hopkins against Atlanta, you know, with Colt McCoy now. Keep in mind that he'll likely be shadowed by the by A.J. Terrell in this game. You know, not the worst thing in the world. Um, you know, Hopkins can overcome it. It's just a matter of, you know, will McCoy not care about the shadow coverage, you know, and target him? Or will he care about it? And like stay away on purpose because a good corner is guarding his best wide receiver. Like that's the question. And that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Because if Hopkins gets the targets, he's going to be fine. Yeah. And that's what it's been, you know, the whole season. We just didn't see him get the, well, actually, he got 10 targets last week. I'm thinking about it now. You know, yeah. he got 10 targets last week, but he only caught one of them. Um, granted, that was coming from Trace McSorley, but exactly. I, tr- I trust <laughs> I trust Colt McCoy so much more than Trace McSorley. And that's saying a lot. You know, I think DeAndre Hopkins will be fine this week with Colt McCoy, at quarterback. You can move from Kyler Murray to Colt McCoy and get away with DeAndre Hopkins. You can get away with that. But go to Trace McSorley. You can't do that. So I have no worries about DeAndre Hopkins this week. I think this is kind of a, a floor ranking. I think he can get it done this, done this week regardless. Uh, Juju against Denver at 18. Uh, tough matchup, but he got it done the last time these two teams went against each other. Kawan Williams did play in that first game. Maybe he wasn't all the way 100%, but he he played a full complement of snaps. And, you know, Juju has been volatile all year, right? But yeah. you just kind of have to live with the volatility with him. Just start him as a wide receiver, too, because he's Patrick Mahomes wide receiver one. Like, how do you decide, right? Because he's got it done in good matchups. He's got it done in bad matchups. He's been quiet in good matchups. So it's like you kind of never know what's going to happen with, with Juju. You kind of just have to start him at this point, right? Yeah. He embraced the volatility. And that's been the story all season. He opened up real quiet, and then he had a strong stretch of games. 
quieted down again, and he got a couple more strong games. And now he's back on that quiet stretch. You know, you can't leave him out of your lineup if you're if you have guys that aren't as good as Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, in terms of this week that you're starting, there's no reason to be starting guys that are obviously worse and, and in a worse situation than Juju Smith-Schuster. I think you just put Juju in and you hope for the best at this point. Like I think he's ideally a flex. That's exactly what I'm looking for in a flex. You know, a high upside player like Juju. Um, you know, you're not going to have consistency really with him, but that upside there, if you get it, could win you your championship this week. I have DJ Moore uh, against Tampa at 18. Uh, he's been getting it done for you, man, with Sam Darnold. Carlton Davis, he missed practice on Wednesday, so keep an eye on that. If he doesn't go, uh, Moore would get an upgrade because he could potentially see a Carlton Davis shadow. Uh, Jamel yeah. Dean also banged up with a toe injury. I think he was limited in practice, so keep an eye on the Bucks practice report this week. But regardless, like he's been getting it done with Darnold. Fire him up as a wide receiver, too. Yeah, and he has a solid matchup. It's not terrible this week. You know, they're allowing the 12th most fantasy points over the last four weeks and 13th most. You know, it's just right in the middle of the pack there. Just a little bit better than average um, yeah. in terms of matchup for DJ Moore. I'm not worried about it. Um, he's played well in tough matchups. Uh, he got it done against Denver a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not worried about him in Tampa Bay, especially with the, the way Sam Darnold's playing. And the offense is actually rolling in Carolina. So I would give him the benefit of the doubt at this point. Keep an eye on that Jerry Judy uh, injury, uh, but if he's good, I, I'm playing him against Kansas City at a wide receiver at 20. Uh, he went over 100 yards last week, if I'm not mistaken. And by the way, he hardly played in the slot last week with Sutton back. Uh, that's Kendall Hinton's job now. Uh, last yeah. time he went up against Kansas City, he got the hat trick, right? Yeah. So just keep that in mind going into this week. I have Mike Williams at 20, uh, Terry McLaurin at 22. We talked about 21. We talked about the impact that Carson Wentz uh, can have on him at the top of the show. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, you might want to rewind to the top of the show. We'll talk, we talk about that uh, a little bit. Uh, DJ Shark at 23. Um, I, I know this graphics all is messing me up, but I have the actual rankings yeah. in front of me. Uh, DJ Shark at 23 against Chicago. Uh, I like this matchup for him. Um, you know, Alan Lazard at 24 against Minnesota. The matchup is great. I would fire him up regardless of whether Christian Watson plays. I think, you know, whether you start Romeo Dubs, it's more of a question of whether Christian Watson plays, but regardless of whether Christian Watson plays or not, if he does play, Alan Lazard's still getting a full complement of snaps. He's still a starter with Christian Watson. So fire him up regardless, I would say. Yeah, in a good matchup, Alan Lazard, you know, he's been a target magnet a lot, you know, regardless of whether he's been doing much with those targets. He's been getting those targets. That's all you can ask for. And in a good matchup, there's, I think there's a better chance than not that he, you know, really capitalizes on those targets coming his way. And if Christian Watson's out, all better for him. But otherwise... Even if Christian Watson plays, like you said, you're going to start him. Um, DJ Chark, I like him in the matchup that they have. That, has, that game has the highest over-under. I think that you can trust him. Terry McLaurin, like we said, do you think it might be a little bit high to have him at 21-22 um, underneath Jahan Dotson? Like, are you tempted maybe to put Jahan Dotson over Terry McLaurin this week? No. No, I don't think so. Um, you know, even with, uh, you know, Jahan Dotson, with, with Carson Wentz, like, Jahan Dotson wasn't even getting a, that much of a higher target share than McLaurin when Carson Wentz was playing. It was more about Jahan Dotson ended up with the fantasy points because he ended up scoring, you know, touchdowns uh, during, right. during that streak with Carson Wentz. But I'm still starting the better wide receiver. Um, you know, it's possible that Carson Wentz comes in and does end up targeting Terry McLaurin. So I, I'm not going that far to say like, oh, I'm going to depend on Dotson to score that touchdown. But I think Dotson is an upgrade you know, because of the fact that, or at least stays where he's at because Carson Wentz uh, is at quarterback. So I'm still starting McLaurin. 
Like the thing is, like McLaurin is the number one for this offense, right? And then you look yeah. at the guys under him, DJ Shark, who's not, Alan Lazard, who's not, you know. So I'm a little tempted to just not, you know, if you're going for upside, I'd rather play Alan Lazard, right? Yeah. I'd rather play DJ Shark, um, maybe Zay Jones, but he has a tough matchup. And that's really it, you know, honestly, because I think McLaurin has the upside that these guys have too. You know, it's just yeah. a matter of Will Carson wants to target him. So, yeah, I am down on Terry McLaurin. Um, he might be a couple spots higher, but at the same time, like, I'm going to go with the alpha wire receiver here regardless. Yeah, that's fair. And they do have a tough matchup. So I wonder, like, even if Taylor Heineke was playing, like, do you think he'd be sitting right here at 21 or would you have him higher? Yes, I would have him above Mike Williams. I would have him above Judy, most likely. Um, and that's about that's. It. That's where I was looking to. I was going to say, yeah. DJ Moore, I kind of like him a lot more this week than guys like Jerry Judy. That's where the line is drawn for me. Yeah. As far as right. tears go. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, so, so you like DJ Moore over Juju this week? Uh, not over Juju. Oh, uh, I said DJ Moore over Terry McLaurin. Um, I like Juju gotcha. this week, Makes even sense. in a tough matchup. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had Chark at 22, Alan Lazard 23. Three or 24 or whatever. Zay Jones right after them and Christian Kirk. They're back to back. I have Zay Jones above Christian Kirk this week. And the matchup is not amazing. It's better on the right perimeter than it is in the slot. And Zay Jones, you know, he's been killing it lately in good matchups before last week against the Jets, which yeah. we didn't, in a matchup, we didn't like him in. And this man, to be honest with you, we shouldn't like him this week that much either, you know, because Houston has been really good against wide receivers, especially in the slot, which is why I have Christian Kirk one spot after him. Right. Um, you know, Zay Jones has been outperforming Christian Kirk lately. And Houston, you know, they've just been one of the best teams against slot receivers this year. Fourth least fantasy points allowed over the last eight weeks and over the course of the season. So yeah. not great for Christian Kirk this week. Yeah, definitely not for Christian Kirk. I don't know how much I trust either of these receivers, you know, and that's why a lot of people are maybe tempering expectations on Trevor Lawrence. I see this being a Travis Etienne game. Obviously, if they play to the strengths of – um their own offense, you know, if they play the weakness of the Texans defense. But we'll see how it goes. Trevor Lawrence has been playing really well. Um, Zay Jones, I like him, obviously, a lot more than we did last week. We talked about that. So I think that Zay Jones, it makes sense to have him over Christian Kirk. I don't know how much of a passing offense this is going to need to be. If the Jaguars can go up, you know, that would be one thing that might actually pull starters at that point. But the Texans have been playing everybody down to the wire. So I think it's going to be a close game, and that stands to benefit the receivers and make them at least a little bit relevant where in a game where if the Texans weren't taking teams down the wire, if they weren't playing well, you know, you kind of shelf the receivers and just let Travis Etienne be the guy this week. Yeah, yeah. But I would say that neither of these guys have a high ceiling this week. No. I, I, I really don't think so. I think like um, a 15, 16-point ceiling for both of these guys. is. Should, should we put Jahan Dotson over these guys this week? Um, That's really tough. I think I would leave him down there. Okay, I have him at twenty-seven, so. and I'm still firing him up though with the streak yeah, that he's been yeah, on. Yeah, you know, for sure. So, so, somewhat of a neutral matchup on the outside, I would say, for both McLaurin and Dotson. Um, they've been really good against slot wide receivers. That's why Curtis Samuel, you know, even though you know he's been off the rankings Car- for a while, Carson Wentz. He's been off the rank- yeah. rankings, but that's really because Carson Wentz. Once Carson Wentz left, the targets have not been there. Yep for for him at all for for, for Curtis Samuel at all. They're actually giving him some carries too when Carson Wentz was playing quarterback. You know, he actually had an interesting workload and they kind of got away from that too, you know, when yeah. he left. So it's he just kind of fell out of favor with Carson Wentz. We'll see if he kind of makes a reappearance 
or he reemerges this week. We even saw last week when Carson Wentz came in, he started he started talking Curtis Samuel again. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's it's interesting. Um, I, I like Drake London against Arizona. I'm starting him this week as a wide receiver three. He's at 28 this week, uh, seven for 70, and then seven for 96 uh, against New Orleans and Baltimore with Desmond Ritter. So. Yeah. You know, decent, not not the most amazing matchups in the world. So in a neutral matchup against Arizona, yeah, I think I'm going to play him this week. I think you have to. And like I said, it looks like Desmond Ritter's just dialing into Drake London and making the most of his big body target out there. You know, who else are you going to throw to in that offense? I mean, Olamide Zacchaeus, Marcus Mariota was making that work with him and Demir Bird. But Drake London is clearly the best receiver in that offense. And he's someone that I'm going to be looking at pretty close next season. We're going to see how things go this offseason for the Falcons. But in terms of this week, I think you can trust him. Absolutely. If he's going to get those targets, like you said, and he's catching most of them, obviously he's had a bit of a fumbling issue, but I'm not going to hold that against him when he's going to be catching for almost 100 yards each week. I think he's a really nice flex play this week. I cannot wait to draft them at a discount next next year. Right. Um, Amari Cooper at 29. Uh, in a, you know, In four games with Deshaun Watson, Cooper has had these target share numbers. 43% amazing. 16% not good. 20% solid, and then 35%. Amazing. Donovan Peoples-Jones over those four games. 14%, not good. 35%, awesome. 16%, not good. 19%, okay. So I think while while DPJ had that one good game with Deshaun and Amari didn't really have any, I'm still starting Amari over DPJ. Um, yeah. This is not the best matchup in the world, but I still think Amari's a, a solid wide receiver three. I think that's what he's going to be. And we talked about that as soon as Deshaun Watson, after that first week with him, we kind of said that Murray Cooper is going to take the hit, you know, at least for the end of the season. This is what I'm expecting. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think he's going to finish as a top 24 the way this Browns offense plays. I'm more intrigued for him next season. But this week, I, I think that he's definitely the play over Diamond Peoples-Jones. I think Murray Cooper is a much better receiver, obviously, overall. Um, Diamond Peoples-Jones, he's a good deep threat. But um, I think that Cooper, he has a better chance to get it done this week against Washington. A team that he's actually played pretty well historically against if that counts for anything you know it's a middle of the pack a little bit worse than middle of the pack matchup for Mario Cooper I think if anybody's gonna be catching the passes it's gonna be him obviously the weather much more favorable this week than it was last week and Cooper was able to get it done anyway he actually had one of his better performances with Deshaun Watson um last week in the in the rough weather yeah yeah I agree um I have Marquise Brown next 20 percent and 24 percent target share for him in the two games with Colt McCoy so you know if he's going to if he's going to be matched up with Darren Hall with AJ Terrell focused on Hopkins, that might be a good thing for Hollywood, you know, and whether he who? plays <laughs> exactly. And whether he might, whether he plays on the right side, like he did last week or the slot, like he did in the two games with Colt McCoy. Um, the Falcons have been bottom 12 in terms of giving up fantasy, fantasy points from those two spots over the last four weeks. So I think in PPR, he can actually give you a solid floor this week. Yeah. I think that Marcus Brown, as long as somebody not named Trace McSorley is playing, He's going to have a fine floor. I don't like the upside really at all for any of the Cardinals receivers, but the floor is much more secure. They're startable as long as Colt McCoy plays. So it's pretty much you're going to start him if you have him, I think. I don't think you really – if you had to pick, I know we have Amari Cooper ranked over him. Would you put Marquise Brown or Amari Cooper? Do you think it's kind of the same? Amari Cooper. I think Amari right. Cooper has a little bit more upside. All right, that's fair. But I guess he's playing against playing with DeAndre Hopkins, so I guess that's true. I'm kind of – Tempted. I might be tempted to put Marquise Brown in if that matchup, you know, goes his way, like you said. Yeah. 
No, I can see that. I can see Marcus Brown's <laughs> outscoring Amari Cooper for <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, I have Diamond Peoples Jones next, just because like you know he's just kind of been getting it done, not at, on the targets, um, but he had that really good game with Deshaun. So I think there's a little bit of upside here, um, right. you know, with him. That's really it. You know, we have we have our uh, wide receiver rankings and running back rankings and all positional rankings. That's going to be up on our Patreon a little bit later today. Uh, definitely before the Thursday night football game. So, you know, keep an eye on that. Patreon.com slash upper hand fantasy, or you can just click the link in the description of the of the uh either on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Let's go over tight ends. Yeah. Let's get it, let's get it going. Travis Kelsey at one, no surprise. George Kittle at two. He's just been balling out of his mind lately. With Brock so you Purdy. gotta play him yep. with Brock Purdy, you know? And I I, I actually don't attribute Brock Purdy to be targeting like the, I don't think it's because of Brock Purdy. I think it's because Debo Samuel has been out. And I okay. think, you know, th- historically, you know, in George Kittle's career and Debo Samuel's career together in games with Debo Samuel, Kittle just hasn't been as much of a factor. So, and regardless of whatever quarterback has been there without Debo Samuel, George Kittle has balled out almost every single time. So mm. I'm chalking it up more to that. Um, I think De- if Debo Samuel was playing, uh, I think George Kittle wouldn't have as high of a ceiling as he does, uh, but he has been a, a clear focus on this team. What's really interesting to me is that, you know, Kyle Shanahan coming into all these games, like I, I feel like he knows exactly who's going to be the playmaker for every one of these games. And he schemes it up that way. And yeah. he's, he, dude, like, you know, Kittle has been de- really depending on his after the catch ability because he's one of the best in the game at that. So it's really good mm-hmm. to see that he still got it. Um, yeah. So I'm happy to see him there. I don't think it was ever a question with George Kittle if he could do it. It's just, you know, he wasn't as big a factor as he could be. And now we're seeing that with Brock Purdy and Debo Samuel out. I, I want to attribute a little bit to Brock Purdy because he had two other quarterbacks this season that, you know, didn't really feed him the ball like Brock Purdy's going, has been. Uh, I think George Kittle, he's benefiting a little bit from Brock Purdy. It's interesting. And I want to see, like, what they do with the quarterback situation there if Brock Purdy continues to play well. Like, then what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. He did get eight targets last week. That was that was awesome to see. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, you know, obviously, you know, he had that huge game, right? So like, you got to yep. bump him up. You know, he's one of the best plays and has a, one of the highest ceilings of any tight end at this point. Um, Dalton Schultz, actually, no, I actually changed up my my tight end rankings after this. Uh, after we put out this, um, the graphic. uh, these graphics here. So I, I actually moved Evan Ingram above Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard. He's just been getting it done. He's been getting the targets. It's a good matchup. These wide receivers, you know, we talked about them having tough matchups this week, right? So Evan Ingram, Houston has been a little bit not so good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit not so good. A little bit not so good. They're, a little bit not so good. They're a little bit worse than middle of the pack in terms of line <laughs> points. You know, they're they're a, a positive matchup. We can call them that. It's a positive matchup go. for Evan Ingram. I, I a little bit not so good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just start him. He's been getting the targets, man. He's been really coming on lately. So there's no way you're not starting him, right? Dalton Schultz has been a little quiet last couple of games. Yep. Uh, d- decent matchup for him as well. So still starting him. Dallas Goddard at six after Dalton Schultz, one of the best tight ends in the game. Uh, he's back to a full-time role. Uh, a little bit of a tough matchup against New Orleans, but I'm still starting him. Um, and then Tyler Higby, I moved him up above Mark Andrews. Okay, I had Mark Andrews at eight now. Tyler Higby at seven. And that's because Tyler Higby has been a full route participation the last two games. He's had a ridiculous target share the last two games. It looks like he's Baker Mayfield's favorite target. And on top of that, he has a good matchup uh, this week. So, right. Like, listen, at the end of the day, at this point, it looks like Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. 
So yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna start hey being a good matchup against the Chargers. And you know, if I had Mark Andrews, I'm sorry. I just I can't start him right now. Yeah, I don't even do you think it makes sense to even have him at eight? Like I don't know if I trust him. Like he hasn't shown any upside, you know, these past few weeks, the way that he's been playing. Um the matchup isn't fantastic either, you know, against Pittsburgh. Um welcome to tight end purgatory, Mark Andrews. Like it's been a long time coming. We've waited, we've waited. We hope that he doesn't fall in this range, but it looks like he's going to at this point. And this is where we have him ranked beneath, beneath all these other guys. I think it makes sense. Dalton Schultz has a good matchup too. Dallas Goddard, it doesn't matter to match up at this point when you have a talent like him and the tight ends, you know, looking the way they, they've been looking. Dallas Goddard, I would put him over Mark Andrews too. And Tyler Higby, he got it done last week, and it's true. Baker Mayfield, you know, I think he has a favorite target. You're right. It seems could have like had it. an even um, bigger day if Cam Akers didn't, you know, have that type of day that he had, the three touchdowns. Yeah. Darren Waller, you know, so I have David Njoku, Darren Waller, Juwan Johnson, Dawson Knox after Tyler Higby. Are you starting those guys over? I'm sorry, or after Mark Andrews. Are you starting those guys over at Mark Andrews? This week? Um, I don't I, I don't know. I might start David Njoku. Outside of that, I, I might just kind of leave Mark Andrews okay. and hope for the best. Cross your fingers and hope that you win a championship right. on Mark Andrews back. <laughs> Who would you rather start, Juwan Johnson or Darren Waller? I have Darren Waller, at, you know, at 10 and Juwan Johnson at 11 this week. Jawan Johnson, a little bit of a tough matchup against Philly. Um, yeah. Right. But at the same time, he's the, he's the guy scoring touchdowns. He didn't get it done against Cleveland last week, but I don't really, you know, I, I chalked it up to the weather, to be honest. Yeah. I would go Jawan Johnson over Darren Waller because there's just so much turnover and crap happening right now in Las Vegas. I, I think Jawan Johnson's a better bet, especially with that tight end, tight end touchdown streak that he's been on. And that's what we talked about with tight ends. Just ride the hot hand at this point. I think Jawan Johnson still has it. That last game that we saw, probably an outlier because of the weather. All right, there you go. So Dawson Knox, he's also been getting it done. I have him at 12. Uh, Pat Frymuth at 13. He's back to a full route participation as of last week, so that's good news for him. Tyler Conklin at 14, really good matchup against Seattle with Mike White back. I think he's a little bit of a sleeper this week. Um, yep. Cole Komet at 15. Gerald Everett at 16. Noah Fant at 17, followed by Trey McBride. Cade Otten at Taysom Hill. Are you? What are you thinking about Cole Komet this week against the Lions? Uh, you know, with with Justin Fields there, obviously he's Justin Fields' number one target. This could be a high-scoring game. You think Cole Komet kind of you know breaks back into that touch, touchdown streak streak that he had with Justin Fields earlier in the season? I think he has a good chance to, especially if it's a high-scoring game. Someone has to score touchdowns. It's not all going to be on David Montgomery's shoulders. Justin Fields has proven that he's a capable as a passer. That's all he needs to be with the rushing upside that he has. Cole Komet has been the guy. He's in a good matchup. They're allowing the six most fantasy points on the season. Detroit is to tight ends. I think he's a nice start out of these this group that's around him. You know, obviously Gerald Everett behind him after that goose egg last week and Noah Fan. Yeah. Same thing, bailed out by a late touchdown, still didn't put up a whole lot of points. I like Cole Komet's upside over all those guys. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. I think that's it. Unless you have any other comments about these tight ends, I think we're gonna call it here. Yeah. Um, let's 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 get the championship, guys. Let's get that trophy. Okay. Tomorrow we're gonna be going live again. Uh we're gonna be doing a QA. Um, you know, go on my Instagram, you know, I'm going to be, uh, putting out a, a, a question and answer sticker. So you guys can throw your questions in there for this week and we'll get to them on tomorrow's show. A l- little bit of a mailbag episode tomorrow at 9am live. So you can drop your questions in live as well on YouTube, upper hand fantasy channel on YouTube. Um, so yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Good luck tonight. Uh, if you're starting anybody in tonight's game, let's get a good start. Uh, good luck, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, if anybody, if you have anybody for tonight. Uh, but you're not starting anyone on the Titans, pretty much, unless it's, you know, if you're desperate with a shot in the dark. Yeah. 
but that's about it. Okay, appreciate you guys, and uh, good luck tonight with CD Lamb and Zeke, and you know maybe Tony Pollard can play. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll see you then. Take it easy. See ya.